this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Are you an angry man, Henry? About what? Are you envious? Do you get envious? I don't think so, no. I have a competition in me. I want no other football teams to succeed. I hate most football teams. That part of me is gone with the Vikings. I don't care anymore. Playing and not succeeding, those failures, I just don't care. Well, if it's in me, it's in you. There are times when I I look at football players and I, I see nothing worth liking. I want to earn enough money that I can just buy my own team and fire everyone. What do you do about your Hawkeyes quarterback? I don't know. Maybe he'll get better. Does your accuracy come back to you? I don't know. Maybe no one knows that. Uh, Kirk Ferentz might not know that. Well, where's your quarterback? I don't want to talk about these things. I see the worst in football players, Henry. I don't need to look past seeing them play to get all I need. I've built up my hatreds over the years, little by little. Having you here gives me a second breath of life. I can't keep doing this on my own with these um, football players. <laughs> well, that's why we're doing it here together. On the pot of dreams we're talking, there will be blood. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, I've traveled over half our state to be here tonight. I couldn't get away sooner because my new well was coming in at Coyote Hills and I had to see about it. Ladies and gentlemen, if I say I'm an oil man, you will agree. I'm a family man. I run a family business. This is my son and my partner, H.W. Plainview. You boys are a regular family business. Now, you have a great chance here. My son is a healer and a vessel for the Holy Spirit. He has a church. Then you will be cast up and the rest I'm fixed like no other company in this field. I have a string of tools ready to put to work. That's why I can guarantee to start drilling and to put up the cash to back my word. I assure you, ladies and gentlemen, no matter what the others promise to do, when it comes to the showdown, they won't be there. There's a whole ocean of oil under our feet. No one can get at it except for me. We'll offer 150,000 for full title. When do we get our money, Daniel? I look at people and I see nothing worth liking. Don't you bully me, Daniel, please! I see the worst in people. We have a sinner with us. Get out of here, devil! I have a competition in me. I want no one else to succeed. I can't keep doing this on my own. With these um, people. <laughs> Hello, everybody. If you listen, we will pod. I'm here. I'm Ben, and I'm here with Eric. We are back. We are working our way through our top five favorites, not best, favorite movies of all time. We are on my number three, which is There Will Be Blood. I already kind of have some, I already 
know your feelings on this movie in a general sense, Eric. I know it's generally positive. This is a movie about a guy building an oil empire in, you know, the middle 1910s. Surely it's just got to be very boring and not fun to watch for you. Yeah, a movie that starts with 20 minutes and no dialogue? Yeah. No, well, let, let me just... Let me just say at the out. This this is one of the great one of the great movies ever made. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. It's a perfect film. I love it from start to finish. It, it's PTA's best. It's a masterpiece. It's absolutely a masterpiece. It's incredible. It's like the most sure. The thing that caught me, you know, I've seen this probably four or five times now. He's so sure of the story he's telling, like. In a way that, like, I can't honestly, I can't think of another filmmaker where it's just like he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows the story he's trying to tell and the sort of the criticism of capitalism and religion. And he's just going for it without any apologies. Like, it's like, I I, honestly, I can't think of another movie that's that's one thing that's a metaphor for another thing that's just so certain of what they're doing. And he's just, he's like, the PTA is just so skilled at, at telling this story and so like clear in the the vision of it. That's really the only way I could describe it. Oh, it's definitely, it's incredibly clear and focused. Uh, yeah, it knows every beat to hit and, and, and it's, it's very precise. That's a, a very fair way to go. And it's, and it's weird that it's so precise. Cause as you already mentioned, I mean, we have 20 minutes of basically no dialogue, very, or very little, very little dialogue for a good chunk of the movie, which could seem indulgent, which could seem, problematic but it's so crucial and it works so well because it's there's no wasted motion the performance is so incredible and it's just shot immaculately that the the, i think the connection with the lead where he knows he's so sure of what he's doing and the story he's telling and i mean it's is there a better performance of an actor i i i can't honestly i I don't know i mean i love this performance i'm always very squeamish about saying this is the best of all time it's i mean it's in the conversation for sure i I don't think any other actor in the world could have pulled off this performance i think literally only daniel day lewis could have done this i don't think any other actor could have done it i don't think there's i mean someone could have tried but no way it would have been this good it would have the the movie would have been much worse it it was it's just perfect i think yeah the only thing that could take away from it is the the butcher that he did in Scorsese's Gangs of New York is a bit this guy. I mean, there's a there's a bit of the same character because, I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis is like if you watch him in Last of the Mohicans and you watch him in this, like, how is that the same guy? It's and then, yeah, he's Abraham Lincoln. And, and he's you know, Abraham Lincoln. after this. And he's great in all these. No, he's one of those guys that transforms. I see it. And I know it's Daniel Day-Lewis, but I don't see Daniel Day-Lewis. I don't. I see Daniel Plainview. I see this walking embodiment of capitalism with seasoning resentment, resentment of almost everybody. And the people he doesn't resent, he just like tolerates because they're vaguely useful. I mean, it's just incredible. Um, no, I just wouldn't work with anybody. You're right. His butcher is sort of similar. That character is a little bit, a little bit more flamboyant, but they're, they're very similar. Um, the, the mustache is similar. and It's not that far of a time period switch. I don't remember when gangs in New York takes place. Feels like the late 19th century, but I'm not sure about that. Um, but yeah, right, th- those are probably the two most similar performances of Daniel Day-Lewis's career. Then I think about him in like the Phantom Thread and how different he is in that as a guy who like makes really elegant and incredible dresses. 
And then he uh, just stopped acting. He just hasn't. He's just done. He's just retired. Yeah. yeah well, I, I imagine if you're as intense as he allegedly is, it's probably a lot to act in a movie. Probably takes a lot to just be that precision focused all the time. But but it, it, like the, the opening sequence where there's no dialogue and you just see him climbing out of this hole and going through those motions like it feels so real that like i know it's a movie i know he's not a- daniel day lewis the actor no, it feels it? like you're with a guy in a hole right mining for gold in 1902 or whenever it is like yeah it feels like it. and you get all of the emotions there like he he falls and fucks up his leg and you hear it. the only thing he says is no like and you just get like he's just he's so close to getting that first step that first bit of seed money that he can use to keep growing and accumulating more wealth and you just see everything you see the struggle you see the logic and the back and forth and it's just every second works super well um there's something about too like that i caught this first time in, in that i mean we, we could go through the movie like piece by piece because there's just so many amazing scenes but like the the opening scene where he's dr- digging the hole like this idea where you're stabbing earth you yeah. know like there's just something so like uh, it's violent. The yes. visual about that, and then the ble- it bleeding out. You know, the oil coming out of the earth, and like that's you sort of capitalism, sort of at, uh, eventually destroying the planet, but just like sucking the life out oh, of yeah. it's, everything, it's siphoning off like like a parasite, digging in, brewing in under the skin of the earth. For sure, you can just see it. But that yeah, way. PTA just the visuals and just that motion. I think is is. He's really trying to just demonstrate this idea that you're just stabbing, you're just stabbing right into the ground, into the earth. And no, it's like you hit up. a vein. You're right. Especially yeah. when like they hit the oil, it's like it's like it's splurting blood everywhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, it might uh, as well be blood. It might as there will be blood. It might as right. well be blood that's pouring out of the earth. You know. Yeah, and there's a scene. I mean, this is jumping ahead, but like when he first digs that first well in that town. Um, and then, like, it cut, catches fire. I mean, it's almost like oh a portal God. to hell. It's yeah. like it's just like hell is ripping from the center of the earth, and he's like reached out to Satan. It's just like so demonic and well, and, insane. And then him, his son, having just had this traumatic accident, he doesn't care. He's like, "What are you so sorry about? Like, I've just dug, you know, riches There's out an of an ocean the- of oil under yeah. our feet. Only I can get it. Only I can get it. Yeah. What What are you so sad about? It's like you're so fucking what son." Your son is like dead or can't hear. Or like I think that's I think those are different scenes. Um, there's the is fire this? erupting at night, and then it's during the day, and it's later when his son's watching, and there's an issue. Or is it the same? No, it's the same thing. The fire erupts after it explodes. So his son is okay. sitting there watching this. Uh, he's on the on the you know edge of this whatever canopy, and then the oil bursts out and it shocks him back where he hits the ground and then it catches on fire i mean it's all that's all the same scene so he runs and catches he runs and catches hw and then by the time he's running back it all catches fire oh that's right and his son wants him to be with him but he he can't because he doesn't care he wants to go save the oil yeah be back don't leave me don't leave me Um, no it's it's insane, and, and it builds up how much suffering and death it takes to get these resources. We've seen at least two men die um, earlier when he has like first rig, and he he gets HW because his father dies. 
just because something snaps and he just gets murdered in the hole. Um, and then that other guy who they pretend is a really religious man. I mean, you just see the, the sheer amount of, of pain and misery that goes into acquiring all these resources. Um, and he gets in a position. He, he took, he takes the risk. He seemed to take the risk early on, but then he's done and other people have to take the risk of doing the, the physical work after that. Um, yeah. I mean, the other sort of big picture thing, why I think this movie is so amazing is the, the interaction between the capitalist, which is plain view, and then the religious person, which is the Eli Sunday and I, character. Yeah, and Paul Dano, can I take a, a minute to also, Paul Dano is really incredible. Uh, oh, see, that's your, you don't think so. I, it's dude, I think he's the one part in this movie where, I, and I like Paul Dano, like, he's he's the Riddler, like, he's he's a really good and a talented actor. I just don't know, and, and he holds his own, because that character has to hold his own with Daniel Day-Lewis. He's got to be humiliated and degraded by that character and eventually murdered. But like, so he, so he can't be like, you can't have like, I don't know, some Idris Elba or something like that be, be that character. Like, it's got to be kind of a weaselly, wimpy kind of person. Yeah, that's the whole point is, is yes, is a young kid. But like, who, Jake, yes. J- does Jake Gyllenhaal do a better version of that? Does, does he do, I don't know. And I know this was like one of Paul Dano's like first like major star. This is like right roles. around uh yeah, Little Miss Sunshine was a little right. before this. Um, but no, it's very early on. I mean he's not I mean, but the thing is you don't want him to literally go toe to toe. You're right. You don't want him to literally go toe to toe with Daniel Plain, but you don't want him to be totally on equal footing. And you don't want somebody of equal charisma and power, or even somebody who's that comparable. The whole point um of this character is that this weaselly shrimpy guy is able to accumulate power in a way that's uh, not shallow i mean it's real but it's well, kind of it's, pathetic they're, they're both con artists right i mean that's the whole idea is right plain, but he's a con man just like just like the preacher is a con man but daniel plainview's done a lot of hard work in his life whereas the paul dano character hasn't right there's this you want there to be this discrepancy you wanted somebody who thinks he's Daniel Plainview, but he's not. But I think the scene where where uh, Paul Dano does his sermon and he's like, "Get out, get out, devil!" and he's like, "Scream!" Like he's supposed to be compelling enough where all those people are buying that he's like really, you know, he's really exercising the demons like in a real way. And I just don't know if it works that well because I don't think Paul Dano is that convincing because he's supposed to i I think he's supposed to embody this like the the evangelical like mega church kind of people that like people but i i just don't think dano has that i I wouldn't ever believe that paul dano could become some mega church pastor well okay i mean i think if you if that you casted somebody who really would be like oh holy shit i could see this person being a uh mega church Pastor. Thinking about it in modern terms is interesting, but I would say the theatrics involved in being like a prosperity gospel preacher, for example. Um, I don't know. If you have you ever seen any of those guys, have you ever seen an actual person do that stuff? Like, like no. Like in real life? Like, no, I've never correct. gone to it. Okay. Yeah. Right, and not gone to I haven't gone to it either. I mean, I've just seen like clips or you can see oh, yeah. stage of it. Sure. Like or you can even like if you're watching the right channel late at night yeah not so much with streaming anymore get people to stand up out of their wheelchairs and some nonsense like that yeah 
They're all con men. They're all con artists. Right. I, I get very similar vibes. Um, I, I think what we see is the 1913 version in a small town before that was quite a, as polished of an industry. Um, and, and you get a young kid who's just started doing that pretty recently. But I recently. think in the end of the movie, we're supposed to believe that he's built this big congregation. You know, I mean, I know he lost his money in the stock market, and that's why he's coming to Dan Plainview. But he like, gets some radio um, is all. I mean, there's not mass media yet in that way. Um, uh, it's just radio. I mean, there's no TV. There's no other way to do it. Um, but yeah, he had accumulated wealth and convinced people. And I, I, I guess I'm convinced that those people in that town, I don't remember the name of the little podunk town. Is it new London or something like that? New Boston, um, new Boston, New Boston. There we go. New Boston. Um, I, I believe those people in that town would buy it. Um, I, you know, I'm too cynical. I, I think it's ludicrous and silly and seems over the top, but I don't think most people would have been exposed to that degree of nonsense. Anyway, I don't know. It convinced me that those people would be convinced. But I love, I love that Daniel's like, all right, I fucking see you. I see you. You're conning these fucking people and I don't like it. I'm not going to stop it, but I don't like it because I'm doing the same thing. I'm conning these. Yeah. I'm conning these people too. And, and you know, Eli recognizes it too that Daniel's yeah, game recognizes shit. game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They they both size each other up. Um, that might be my favorite part of the movie is this idea like capitalism just and butting heads with religion and then eventually destroying it. Like no, capitalism wins absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Capitalism wins absolutely. No, no, it absolutely makes sense in the end that capitalism kind of temporarily subdue or yes, religion kind of temporarily contain capitalism a little bit but it can't win but that they're both um, they're both feeding off of lies and false and truths. they're america's biggest vices because we're right. also literally seeing like the development of modern america which is built on both of these like oil money wealth and religious power and these are the two biggest like explosions of of power and, forces. and wanting to destroy anybody in in their path you know what i mean that yeah that I mean, is is a threat Oh yeah, they, they and there's no. I mean, Daniel Plainview doesn't care about anybody, with the sort of exception of the son, who he kind of cares about a little bit at least. But only only when it suits him, though. You know that that scene well, right. it, on the train, that shit is fucking wrenching. I think oh, I think least, that's really hard when he leaves oh, him. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's awful. Um, he, he became you know not useful anymore. I've abandoned um, my boy. Well, that's and that's one thing you see like a real bit of like actual guilt is that comes out in the middle of that. He has to actually feel some real feelings amidst that nonsense. That's all. That is all Daniel Day Lewis, though. The way, it's just the way he's delivering it. It's this subtle. I, like, you can see all I the emotions actually, come across his I face. I did actually care just a little fucking bit, and then I'm mad that I cared. You know, like I'm angry at the same time. This guy that made I, me have to admit something about yeah, my emotional self. Right. Oh, because he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't ever want to share. Any biographical details of anybody, even the guy he thinks is his brother, like he doesn't want to talk. I don't about want to talk him. about those things. Yeah, he, he he has zero interest in any of that stuff. Um, no small talk, doesn't care. Um, but the most is, is awful to me is the end. You know, his son is deaf because of a oil accident. Um, and it 
his son is just saying, I want to go to Mexico with my wife and start what was I like working outside. I don't want to be like the vice president and sit in an office or whatever his job is. It's what I like doing. That's what I'm happy he's doing is trying to get the oil in the ground. Seems reasonable. Daniel Plainview has more than enough money. He's a gazillionaire, right? He can do whatever the fuck he wants. He can literally kill a guy in his house and probably get no consequences. But he reveals that he's not his biological son. And that's bad enough. But his son who's deaf is leaving. And even though his son is deaf, he keeps just saying, just bastard in a basket. Bastard in a basket. Yelling it to his deaf son. That's how just full of vitriol and awfulness he is. As his son is walking away. And his last connection to humanity is just gone. Um, and he's just upset because his son wants to strike out on his own, which seems like it should be a reasonable impulse, but yeah, he's not he, carrying on his He wants legacy no anymore. one else to succeed. That's all he cares about. Yeah, he know. wanted his son to to just extend his legacy into the future. And that's which it. is, that's, you know, uh, our former president of the United States, I think, you know, if, if Don Jr. was like, Dad, I'm going to start my own real estate business, couldn't you see Trump being oh, like, sure. you're a bastard in a basket. You know, do yeah. the, that same. I could see that same conversation. You know, it's crazy. Oh yeah. Um, so wait, so we're kind of we're kind of. Well, I mean, I, I love, I, I love this conversation, around. but like, so this is your number three favorite movie. You picked correct. this again. Why? Yeah, like, correct. why is it? Why you is already it? hit on some of it. It's. So does the thing like I am entertained and engaged from beginning to end. I, I'm not bored for a second of this movie. There's not a second where I'm I'm unengaged uninterested don't like don't care there's not a single bad sequence bad movie bad move bad frame any like there's no part of this movie that's bad to me at all um but at the same time it's also this walking metaphor it's time we get this concrete real story an incredible entertaining performance it's it's about something very very real and abstract at the same time and my brain just thinks oh my god yes this is it you've just captured 20th century America perfectly. This is it. This is like exactly. You got it. Like it, it, it's my brain races. I think about it long after I watch it. Um, that's why. I mean, it does. The, those are the things that my favorite and and even the best. I mean, best movies do for me is I mean, yeah, I, there's no no dull. There's no there's no nothing wrong or bad with this movie. You you're a little less excited about Paul Dano's performance to me. Okay, even if that's well, the case. I that think- he's, Part of it for me, too, is the twin thing. Like, I mean, I, the first time I saw this movie, I was honestly confused. So was like, I. What? Wait, it, that's not him? Like, it, but is it him? Because because Plainview does not believe initially that he has a twin brother, right? He's like, he, he has that look at HW when, when he goes and starts staking out the property. And then Eli comes up to him and he's like, he shakes his hand like, yeah, we already met. And Eli's kind of cagey about it. So the, the first time I saw it, I was like, wait, is it the same guy? Is he yeah. lying to him the second time? Like, I was honestly confused about it. And that yeah. might be part of de- my feel- feelings on that character, I guess, in general. No, I was confused the very first time. It's a lot more clear the second time. Like, like whatever Paul Dano's, the, the non-Eli twins name is. Paul, I, I think it's Paul. Remember. Paul, oh, Paul. So yeah, yeah he... Um, he says he's got a brother named Eli and you can see like there's like a couple of seconds or whatever, 10 seconds where Daniel Plainview is confused 
but then he figures it out but and then we just why on. why ha- why is that in the story why not just have it have why does he have to have a twin brother that looks just like him why not just have it be a different brother like this is i'm his brother I just have a different actor like i, I just didn't under is that is that a metaphor is that like a biblical thing like i was wondering i don't know it's a good question i i don't know there's probably i don't know my parables very well but it, there could be a prodigal son situation here because paul the twin brother takes the money he gets and goes and creates you know his what? own Plainview says that in the end. He's like, Paul was the prophet. He was he knew he knew what to do with the property. Like he's the one that told him where it was. And Eli's like, what are you talking about? So, yeah, yeah I, mean, but the, I don't know. You you could make it two separate brothers. I don't know exactly why they did it as twins. I would guess. And maybe that's what was in the you know, this book based on the book Oil by Upton Sinclair. I've never read the book Oil by Upton Sinclair. Have you, Eric? I have not. The only so, Upton, I what's the Upton Sinclair one about like the meatpacking? Is that the jungle? Jungle, yeah. Okay. Something like that. I read that in school. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I don't know if that's in there. I don't know if he put it in there because that was in the original story. I don't know. It's a fair question. You could have I mean you I, that's a change you could make that wouldn't be problematic. You could have all, somebody else. Be I think all it does involved. is confuse me. That I mean all from from my perspective, all all it is is just confusing. But I also think, you know, yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson has probably got a reason for doing it. It's probably not like arbitrary. I, I you know, or he I, thought I, it was given, funny, maybe something like sure. that. Yeah, I could, sure, whatever. Maybe, he, yeah, he did it as a lark. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Um, but I don't really know um, why I don't have a good explanation. There, there, there could be a biblical bend too. It could be funny. Um, no, I mean that because to me, I, I can't think of a single moment that doesn't work and isn't great. I mean, we don't see him do anything personal for two thirds of the film when we finally get a character coming in claiming to be his brother, and that's like where you you get his he lays out his horrible worldview and you're like, oh yeah, I get it. Um, but you can just see his brain constantly working in every situation how he can maximize it. Um, I don't know that I, that I don't know why it took me three times watching this, but when he's at that first town, he says, ladies and gentlemen, if I say that I'm an oil man, I think you will agree. And they're all squabbling and fighting. Like, oh, he just goes to somebody else who's not part of the mob and buys their claim. And then he's going to he's just going to get all that oil anyway for less because he didn't want to deal with the like bickering townspeople. Um, oh, OK. And it also establishes that he knows how to work the drainage and he can find the spot to get all the oil. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, but that uh, speech is so disgusting. Like oh, it's, when he's talking about education, he's got his son there. Like family's important. Like he's fucking. He's the con. Like it's just like the con at the church. Like well, he's yeah, just what conning company, him. What company doesn't talk about family values and how much they love? And the it's American all bullshit, family. right? It's all bullshit. Yes. yes, it's a big lark designed to make people feel better about capitalism and exploitation. Uh, oh, there'll, there'll be something in it for you. I, I will, without the kindness of my heart, build stuff. And there's a shot we get about, you know, schools, education, promises to build all this stuff. And then you see these shots of like nothing's built. Nothing gets built at all other than the oil rigs. The men aren't Christian at all. They come and they drink and they probably do other licentious shit around town because they're just drinking and probably wanting to fuck and all this other stuff. Yeah. North Dakota right now where there's these giant oil fields and just dudes coming in and. You know, it's, there's not like industry there. Those are barren wastelands with just oil rigs, you know? Yeah, but 
people want to believe it. They think it sounds good. It makes them feel better. I, I don't really know, but he doesn't help the town really at all. Other than when he's forced to give money to the church, which isn't really helping the church either. It just helps uh, Eli, um, Eli Sunday. Uh, it, it's just, it's wonderful how smooth of an operator is. Um, and yeah, just the disdain he has. I mean, there's just nobody he doesn't hate. And most of the time, he's kind of hating people that are just people. But it, it is gratifying when he, when he, takes his ire out on the other industry guys oh like, yeah I'll, like finally i get to see him like direct his rancor at some but he probably deserves it like the shitty whatever the big company is i don't remember the name it's not united oil or whatever it is yeah w- when he doesn't get his his meal or in his drink yeah, he's like well, i ordered mine first when he goes up to the bar you mean that scene where he's no when he's talking to the other guys he's like oh you want a deal okay that's a deal you bought my oh, oh yeah. there and then they're like why don't you just take this? We're going to make you a millionaire. And he like knows they're going to fleece it. Like he'll make a million bucks, but they're going to make 30 million off of it or whatever they're going to make from buying up all the oil. And the reason why he has to like build the pipeline to the ocean is because they control the railways and they have this horrible monopoly. So they can just jack up his rates to ship his oil to the Eastern part of the country. And it's going to eat his costs. And he just takes it so personally and, um, he just like yells at them and gets upset at them for talking about his son and seeing him yell at them is, is that was laugh out loud funny. I mean, there's a lot of times I actually laugh out loud because um, he's just so so awful and verbally aggressive and uh, hating a bullshit too. Um, and I once saw an outtake. Uh, it was just just good stuff. I mean, he does some improvising in those scenes. It was really really funny oh i should watch that um, like somebody's like uh i wanted to take the chance to introduce i don't think you should take that chance you know that kind of stuff like doesn't want to actually have a conversation with anybody but um no i mean i yes yeah, a movie i loved when i saw it in the theater in 2007 and this is the third time i've watched it you know beginning to end um it's it's yeah like all right that's it that you that's you captured it. You figured out that's America. And it's shocking how good it looks. Um, it feels like it's 1913. You know, it feels like we're in a specific time and place. The people all talk and dress and everybody's sweaty and gross all the time. Yeah. When they're on the desert, everybody's just drenched in sweat. There's no air conditioning. And they just look kind of kind of filthy, kind of nasty. But like um, to me, this movie is like should be shown in schools because like oh. like do you want to learn about American history? Watch this fucking movie. Well, you know, right. I mean, I mean, not yeah. not history like not a, not as in like this is like a historical recount of what actually happened. But like this is this is the back the bones of our American capitalist system, and like this is how it started, and th- these are the people that prospered, you know, early on in the development of our country. Like I really, and I know it's weird because it's obviously fake. There's Daniel Plain. Was Daniel Plainview a real guy? I I don't think so. I don't think so. It's based off of a novel, but it's it's fiction. Yeah, it's fictionized take of what people actually did, um, in the way that like network gets. um, You know, I'm going to capture what the media people care about and how they want to make money and and how big media operates. This is like, yeah, this is how capitalism works. This is how progress happened. This is how we have our modern state. And these are the kind of people that succeeded. 
these absolute sociopathic lunatics who don't care about anything but making as much money as possible. This is how that stuff happened. Um, yeah, like the Jerry Jones of the world. Like that's this is just like his his family business was this the exact thing. And now he owns the Dallas Cowboys, right? And he's a fucking billionaire, you know? Oh yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I just think of like the Rockefellers and all the people that came in the Gilded Age stuff that happened a couple of decades before this movie takes place, like the the original gay nineties. Um, yeah, I don't mean I, don't, I actually don't even. It's one of those movies I like so well. I, I have trouble even like thinking coherently about it because it's just so obviously great to me that I don't even know how else to phrase it. Um, Do you not think this is a depressing movie? Does it not bum you out? There's definitely nothing. There's nothing hopeful about this story. I don't need hope from movies necessarily, um, especially when a movie is just trying to be as honest about something that happened. Uh, in a you know abstract way, in the way that like, but I find it entertaining. I'm not well, saying it it's, yeah, it's it's, not it's boring. absolutely entertaining. It's it's thrilling from start to finish. No, the 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 chess match between the the two Eli Sunday and um no I, I don't I don't get like I don't get pressed in the way that you're thinking. About. I mean this is all stuff. This, these some of these are thoughts that this movie helped me think. But you know I've been around long enough. Like oh yeah, slavery is built off of capitalism people i mean we had this land that needed to be cultivated and there weren't enough workers so we you know like captured people took them to america against their will sent out a bunch of like fake science to say that they're not people to convince people that slavery would work and we had slaves because of capitalism um and this is this is why people needed them to to work the land because they didn't want to pay people. They wanted to be in the South, especially want to be the little aristocrats, pretend to be British lords. Um, I mean, it all comes back to these things. Um, and and th- those things are true regardless of whether there will be blood was made as a movie. But I see this in a way that's entertaining for most people. I mean, this is a movie I could recommend to a lot of people. Um, and I don't think they'd hate it. or I don't think they'd be like, this is boring. Well, some people don't like it, I guess. But um, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't. I don't walk away sad. I, I walk away excited. This is like with network. That there's a that a movie can do this. It can so well articulate abstract truths in a concrete, entertaining, and engaging way. That that happens excites me. It doesn't excite me that the truths of this movie are, are true. Um, I don't know. I mean, are you are you depressed that you watch this? Or are you just no, no, I, I, Honestly, I might watch this every year. I think I've seen it. The last two or three years, I I mean, I, it's always like a once a year. It's like I should watch this movie again because th- I think it's because the seat there's scenes in it that I like just want to get to. Like the, the opening fifteen minutes are just like I could watch that any time of the day, like and be entertained and be thrilled by it and be engrossed in what's happening. Uh, I mean, certainly the end scene, the milkshake scene, like I've probably just YouTube that a bunch of times. I think in law school we watched that. One of my professors pulled it up in property law. About was like the yeah. property of who oh, owns the oil underneath the ground. The, yeah, who owns the oil under the ground? Um, but yeah, there there are so many scenes that I would just I just want to watch. But I think in the end, the whole idea of it is kind of a bummer. I mean, it ends with him like bludgeoning the priest guy to death and saying, "I'm finished." <laughs> like, yeah, to his butler. Yeah, I presumably got to deal with the dead body, but and then that's also like. <laughs> PTA saying like, all right, I'm done. Like I've done it. Like I've done it. Like 
I've done enough. I and, made my point. Sure. Yeah, and I and I beat you over the head with it. Now now we're done. Like you get it. Like I I mean I love it. It like that part. The way this movie ends, like the end scene with him looking back saying, "Yeah, I'm finished." Like I just makes me laugh. I uh, every time I see it, I just crack up. Yeah, yeah I love like, a bunch. It's like fuck you. You did this. You did this incredible story, and you made this huge, huge metaphor for capitalism, and it's you over and over and over again. And you're just like, how do we finish it? We'll, we'll just have them beat him to death and just say, I'm done. Like I beat you to death with this, and now I'm finished. And there's something I've noticed about that scene for the first time. So Daniel Plainview drinks a shitload in this movie, right? He's drinking all the time. He's powering yeah. down whiskey yeah. constantly. That very last scene. He gets offered some of his own whiskey by Eli Sunday. He says, no, thank you. It's the first time you see him turn down alcohol. And I think he wanted to be as clear headed for what was about to happen. Like he wanted to enjoy it and not have it even be tainted. Yeah. Well, even a little bit by it alcohol. It starts him waking up on, on the bowling alley because he passed out, be obviously too drunk, like in the lane. Yeah, mid like, state. <laughs> yes. You just, he just, just bites you know, the grizzle off the steak, but. Uh, and he's drunk and alone. That's the thing. In the end, he gets what he wants, but it's not like he's happy. In the end, he's just drunk and isolated well, and miserable. Does are rich people happy? You know, are the ultra rich really happy? Especially when you've like literally destroyed everybody who's ever been around you to get that way. Could, no, probably could, not. No, he shouldn't be. Is happy. Donald Trump he, happy? Is he a happy guy? Does he strike you as somebody who's like enjoying life? No, no, I, no, I don't think so. And it wouldn't make sense. I mean, he. He talks about how he just hates and loathes everybody. He just doesn't want to be around people. But so it works. It just ties in with everything. I mean, I don't think it's... to me, this movie now when I watch it is like this is about Donald Trump. Like I, oh, maybe uh, maybe I'm reading too, but it it literally is like his life story. I I think I you know. Oh, see, I, I I don't think uh, is this smart... the same person. Oh, I disagree. Uh, Daniel Plainview is I think a lot more smarter. Um, because I mean, here's the thing you'll say to his credit, like. He's ruthless. He's has no empathy. He hates everybody. He lies, but he's really smart. Donald he Trump inherit, was the pr- president of the United States. He didn't inherit $2 million States. from his dad or whatever. He didn't Donald Trump alone. became the president of the United States. Right, but Daniel Plainview wouldn't want to be president. Um, he knows himself well enough to know how miserable. He wants to be away from everybody else. And Donald Trump has a more pathological need to be liked. That's why... Daniel Plainview doesn't want to get in front of a crowd and have people adore him. He doesn't want to go through that pretext. Yeah, he's he not the narcissist in the same way that Trump is. Well, no, they I, might, just, I guess both. maybe like their their business, like what drives them to succeed seems very but, similar. But Daniel Plainview started from nothing and like literally went into a whole, he's done way more labor than Donald Trump ever had. I would imagine the way percent. Donald Trump's dad treated him, he felt like he had nothing. Well, it's fine. I mean, they, they might have. We don't know anything about Daniel Plainview's parents, but it sounds like he had a nice upbringing in Wisconsin. I mean, I don't know. We don't know anything about a specific upbringing. Yeah, I love, upbringing. I love the low Wisconsin jab too. That's perfect. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He, I mean, we don't know, but he's like, oh, he thought that house is what he would want growing up, and he's like, that house would make me sick to see that house. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's blue collar and a real self-made man. Um, but and I think there's their their pathologies are a bit different. But I, you can make that comparison. Sure, why not? Screw it, I don't care. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I laugh all the time, even during the scene where 
Jacob Plainview, who's done a lot of awful stuff, almost all of it he doesn't feel guilty about. I mean, of all the terror, he just does no, he doesn't care. Even then, when he's getting like slapped by Eli Sunday, he's like, oh, yeah, damn, I'm bad. And he's just like, <laughs> yeah, I love that out scene. these sounds. It's so funny and ridiculous yeah. and absurd. Okay, yeah. How, how like, that they're doing that and not breaking is crazy. I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned my boy. It's just crazy. Um, and he's getting slapped, and it's just outlandish. And Daniel Day-Lewis seems like the guy that like never cracks. I, I like he just seems like even when it's a cut, he's still he's still Daniel Plainview. Yeah, he'll just know? never like never ever ever like laugh if it's not in the script or in character. Um, it's nuts, but no, it's all the all these scenes are great because there's there's all these punctuated, very dramatic scenes mixed in with just like stuff where he's figuring out the logistics and how to exploit people more, um, and a little bit how to deal with his son. Um, no, it's it's great. It's not a movie. I guess there's no movies I watch every year. That's interesting. I don't have like a, I gotta watch Uh-oh. a movie once a year. I, I got a handful of them, but um, I probably watch movies a lot more than you do. Like just number, just volume. I bet I'm oh. putting up way more, more, way more shots than you are each year in terms of total. Oh, number. I'm sure you are. Uh, with absolutely, I don't watch nearly as many movies as I used to. It's my numbers are at an all-time low because got three little kids, um, and just don't end up watching a lot of movies. Sadly, um, part of why I like doing this podcast because it forces me to make time to watch movies. Um, but and you're definitely more into like repeat viewings of movies than I am, but th- that's fine. It's neither. So this is a, not even really a funny anecdote, but um, what's the name of the theater in Adina, the really nice one in downtown Adina. It was closed for a long time and it just recently reopened. I don't know. Anyway, it's like an independent theater in Adina. Yeah. And I know, they were having a poster movie poster sale. It was like two bucks a movie poster. And I, I got the There Will Be Blood. It's the only movie poster I've ever owned in my life. And I acquired it for like two bucks. And I wanted I wanted to frame it, put, put it in our townhome. And my wife said no. And eventually it got ripped and I had to throw it away. But great city of Adina. Was it a picture of him with the, the hat? No, it's just like a red smear. Oh. And it's like, I can't remember. And then it's the tagline. I can't remember. I don't know. It's like when faith meets ambition or something there will be blood and then it like does an ellipses into the title of whatever it is um no i liked it It was very austere it wasn't but so uh, a couple i had a couple questions sure this movie loses the academy award to no country for old men thoughts on that do you you know i know you don't care about the academy award but so no i mean I don't care. I'm not upset that it was beaten by No Country for Old Men. One, I mean, it's No Country for Old Men. Uh, you asked about, like, that's a, both a five-star movie for us. I love No Country for Old Men. I think it's an incredible movie. So it's not like it got beat out by... What a year. Both of those movies, were they They yeah. were in the theater at the same time, right? I, around. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I saw them within a couple weeks of each yeah. other or something like that. Um, it, it got beat out by a great movie. And... It's totally reasonable to like No Country for Old Men more than there were what I don't care. Um, I also don't care in general if it had gotten beaten out by 
the shape of water. You know, I, I don't You'll care. Get the fuck out of here. If it would have lost the shape of water, that would have been I, a travesty. It would have bothered me. I don't care. It's an art. It's like we're trying. Humans are trying to decide the best movie of a particular year. It's it's a ludicrous enterprise. I don't really care. Crash sucks. There's no way Crash was the best movie of 2005. I'm sure you could come up with a list of easily 20, 30, 40, 50 movies that are better than Crash. Easily. Oh, well, it won in 2005 for whatever dumb reason. I don't care. Um, there are all sorts of like, How Green Is My Valley beat out Citizen Kane in 1941. Uh, whatever. Like, I, we're not, I, I can't words don't decide or anything. They don't mean anything. They're prestigious. They're fun. I think it's silly. I love the Academy Awards, but I don't take them seriously. You can't take them seriously and be like a sane person. Like, if I created the Ben Lewis Movie Award and you know gave it to a movie that you didn't like, you wouldn't take it seriously. This is just some idiot guy's opinion. But because it's a bunch of like Hollywood people, mostly older like dudes who want to show how important cinema is, and we get these like middle brow non. I mean, cares? Why do we care? Let's move on. It's fine. We can talk about it, but it's no. I wouldn't actually care. I mean, no, no control is great. I'm always happy if what I think a best picture worthy movie wins, and certainly no control men is a best picture worthy movie, even if it's not the one I would have picked. But anyway, you had a couple of questions. Uh, well, so the I don't know if you've been tracking the sight and sound list that they put out every 10 years. It's like the top 100 movies oh, yeah. of all time. I don't think this is on the list, which I think is kind of bullshit. Yeah. So it's not like Get Out is on there and this isn't. I think that's bullshit. But it's, uh, it's a great movie. I don't know. I, again, I, I like I love lists. Like if I'm going to watch movies, I'd like to find a list of movies and then just go through them. It's a great way to expose stuff that you might not otherwise lit as long as you, you trust the source reasonably. But like, I don't, none of this stuff is definitive. I don't care. Right. It doesn't make me love. There will be blood less. I'm sure it would be in my top 100 movies of all time. Yeah. Oh, well, other people disagree. Um, other question. I, I, PTA. Paul Thomas Anderson ranking as well. Yeah. Is this your I, top? Top PTA yeah, this would be, movie. This would be number one, sure. Because I, I don't know if people listening to this understand. You're like a, you're a big fan of his, right? You're. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He's one of your favorite filmmakers, right? Of course, yes. Easily one of my. That's that's very easy to say. One of, yes, easily top ten or top probably top five favorite directors. Sure, say that. Um, yeah, it's, it's better than Boogie Nights, I think. I mean. Yeah, I love Boogie Nights. I love Magnolia. I love Hard Eight. I love The Master. The Master. I love Punch Out awesome. Club. I think these are all great movies. But I th- it's probably my favorite of all of them. Um, you know, um, the only movie he has that I don't, I probably don't love, is the one with uh, Joaquin Phoenix as the detective. Inherent Vice. There we go. What'd you that think movie- of uh, Licorice Pizza? Did Did you like? I that haven't one? seen it yet. So you want to talk about my movie? I haven't seen it yet. So okay. there you go. You wanna you wanna knock my movie going habits? Yeah, they've gotten uh, all time then, low. Like a uh, Phantom Thread, I I oh, didn't Phantom I didn't Th- love oh, that oh, movie. I, love I, I need to rewatch it. I think I saw it one time. I I need to. Yeah, we we actually it. I love Phantom Thread. I think Phantom Thread's great. Um, I think it it really in a lot of ways captures the essence of you know straight couple marriage power dynamics. Um, in a way that is like 
incredible and entertaining and depressing and anyway it's fantastic i think and, and there's just this way too of like just showing somebody doing something like in phantom thread it's you're getting shots of this guy carefully sewing things and piecing them together and you see this detail and the effort that goes in and it's just anyway this isn't the phantom thread it's not in my top five favorites um the phantom thread's great well is there anything else you wanted to add about there will be blood before we move to well, now here's a question for you. This is a plot question, and this is only like it's like a very tiny little dangly like thread, and I'm just not sure. Like, so he he has the guy who pretends to be his half brother, and it turns out it's not his half brother, and you know, you can't. Daniel Plainville will not be made a fool of. He kills him, buries him somewhere. This guy, this old man who owns a property that he needs to build a pipeline on, approaches him and says, you know, come to the church. Brandy, brandy, whatever. The brandy tax tract or whatever, sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's he buries him on his land. Right. Does he know that he killed that man and buried oh, him? Oh yeah. Land? Oh yeah. Okay. Wow. That's why he makes him go to church, because he to attest for his sins. So he hands him the gun, and that was never quite sure to me. And then I then I have the, like that guy's really casual about Daniel Plainview having murdered somebody, but I guess it's Wild West. He's Christian and, and it's about forgiveness. I don't know. Um, no, no, yeah, I figured it was just. I, uh, I had a question about. So, how does Plainview know that that guy is not his brother? Like, like I, I understand he he confronts him and then the guy admits that he's not his brother, but like he obviously has these like reservations about it i know they're on the beach and he's talking about that house and it, it seems like the guy says something where he's like wait maybe you're not but what he says would not give you any indication that he didn't know what he was talking about so i i that's always confused me too is like why did Plainview start to be suspicious that because guy- he, he makes a reference to a place where they both allegedly grew up and the guy had no memory of it or didn't know what he's talking about that's where he first gets suspicious yeah, but um, it, it, I can't remember exactly the line where Plainview. There's a look where Plainview is like, "Wait, it like, I don't. Uh, maybe you're not my brother." Like, but I can't remember what the line was that made him question it. But I've always it was he's like, "It's this line. It's something like this. It's like, um, said, get liquored up and take him to the peach pit, which I assume is like a local, like, bar in whatever Wisconsin town they grew up in." He makes a reference to this place where. If you were looking to go out on the town, there's probably one place, and the guy didn't know what he was talking about. He, just, but he just is like he has just like a okay, like it's not like he he catches him not knowing it. He just his reaction is just like all right, sure, like he shrugs no, it no, off. No, no, he does catch it. He says it, and the guy doesn't respond. And he said, "I said get liquored up and take him to the peach pit." So he has to say it twice. And the guy like looks around and doesn't at all have a look of recognition on his face. At no point was that like, oh yeah, that play the, that didn't happen. He just kind of shirks him off. That's a bit weak. I don't know. No, I, I don't think so. He's the guy's then, laser like, focus. Put a he, gun on him. He's, and... he's, well, it, it's not right. Then he starts to think about it, and he swims out and he's starting to doubt. Like he goes for a swim and he's thinking about it and it's, it's like stuck in his brain. It comes an obsessive thought. And then they go out to a bar and he asks him for money. 
And he's really like, okay, you see him. It, it, it grows the, the nagging, gnawing thought in his brain. Um, and then he confronts him and then he admits it and then he kills him. So he gets the guy to admit it before he kills him. Right. He right. De- I mean, he's definitely not his brother. Like, yeah, he t- says right, he, met the, his, it, he met his yeah. brother and took his journal. Like, yeah. I, I, it's, it's just, I've always wondered, like, why Why did he get so suspicious? It, well, it, it's been like this. So I grew up in a small town where there was one restaurant called Helen and Pat's. If you said you grew up in the same small town as me and I said, oh, yeah, grab some cavatelli from Helen and Pat's. And you're just like blank. I said, I said, grab some cavatelli at Helen and Pat's. Oh, sure. And at no okay. point did you look at me like, oh, I, maybe I, it's closed at that point. I don't know. Like, well, sure. But he doesn't kill him on the spot there. That's when he gets suspicious. And then the guy's asking him for money. Which he like he doesn't want grifters. He doesn't want freeloaders like, wait, this guy didn't know this. And he's asking for money. Who the fuck is this? Who is this guy? Um, and they confront him. Maybe I guess it's it's enough. He gets enough to be suspicious. And the guy's paranoid about getting grifted. He does not want to get grifted by anybody. He like this is not going to happen. He's not going to let anybody steal anything. Charge him too but much like, money. When he initially he meets him, he he grills him on the facts. And he's and- convinced at first, and then yeah. he starts to doubt it. Because he doesn't know the peach pit or whatever it is, whatever the name. Again, I think it's the peach pit, but I don't know. Some fucking place in their town that he didn't know in a town where everybody would know it. It's not like a big metropolis. Like, okay, yes, there's places in Minneapolis you would never have gone to. There are bars you don't know about in Minneapolis or St. Paul. Um, There's probably one hangout spot in this small little town in 1893 or whatever, but yeah, I don't know. That, yeah, there could be a big age difference. There's reasons why, you know, he might not know about it that are innocuous. And there's, uh, he says they have different dads, right? They're supposed to have the same mom? No, diff- same different, dad, different mom. Different I moms, think. okay. Yeah, I think, I, I'm, you know, it would make sense if his, Daniel Plinky's dad wasn't around. That, that That's very plausible. Um, that, that's why, I think. I mean, if that's not convincing to you that he'd be suspicious, that's fine. I think it's totally in character for him to be like, I, something's not right. I, I, I don't need to see people. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't need to see people much to, to get yeah, the read just, on them. I it, see for them me, it, it was just like, I think his reaction was just like nothing. He just didn't say anything or didn't like but respond. But then he repeated it, and then at no point did he get the, oh, yes, or, oh, that place closed, or... There's no recognition it just, in his face it at all. It didn't seem to me as if he caught him in a in a lie or caught him in a not understanding it in the way that like he reacts. I don't know. Maybe yeah, that's just part of his he's a psychopath. Most people wouldn't maybe think anything of it. Like, okay, whatever, but Plainview does because he's questioning everything and thinks everybody's out to steal from him. Right. And then it gets worse when he sees the guy asking for money. Can I have some money? He doesn't expect his brother to be a person who just asks for money. You can just see, just he's sitting there, yeah, like, very unhappy at a bar, <clears throat> giving him money. If I have a competition, you have it in you too, like, and he and he clearly finds out that this guy doesn't have that in him. So then it's like he can't be my brother. There's no sure, way. Sure, it's an, I mean, he starts just like piecing it together and thinking, ah, this doesn't all make sense. Yeah. And I just need to know: Do I have an actual brother? Is this a complete fabrication? And it turns out, yeah, okay, he does have a brother, but his brother died, and this guy was taking his place, but. Um, no, I don't have anything else to say. I love this movie. It's great. Um, 
both five stars, I think. Yes, yeah, so yeah, there's no point in belaboring that. I yeah, I don't think this movie has a flaw. Um, so, um, five degrees, my friend. You want to kick it off? Yeah, I can start. <clears throat> Uh, I started off with an actor named, I think his first name is, is it Kieran Hines or Siren Hines? He's like initially plain views, like right hand guy. Oh, he's, he's an Irish dude. He's been in a yeah. bunch of shit. What are you uh, looking so glum about? Yeah. That guy. Yeah. That guy. Um, he's actually just real quick. He's in a show that I'm just watching now called the English. It's on Amazon. It's there's Emily Blunt. Uh, it's like a Western. Really good. Highly recommend it. Okay. The English on Amazon. Go check it out if you haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, he's in that for a bit, too. He's in Road to Perdition. You ever seen that movie? A long time ago. The Tom I saw, Hanks gangster I saw movie. in the theater. I know I saw it in the theater. Uh, I, I like, I I like that movie. It was fine. Paul Another Newman's in that. I think it's his last movie. I think I that sounds correctly. right to me. Yeah. He's in the Hudsucker Proxy with your favorite actor, Tim Robbins and Tim Robbins is in bull Durham with Kevin Costner. Who's in field of dreams. Okay. So, um, I took a very different route. Um, so Paul Tonkins, are you familiar with Paul Tonkins at all? Yeah. That name? yeah the comedian guy, right? Yeah. He's in, there will be blood for yep. a hot minute. He's one of the Mr. Mr. Plainview. Wait, as he's yeah. leaving the arguing townspeople. Um, so I went with him. He is in the new Weird Al Yankovic biopic with Daniel Radcliffe, which I've not seen, um, but he's got a role in that movie. Um, Evan Rachel Wood is in that movie as well. She plays Madonna, right? I don't know. I haven't seen yeah, that movie. I think I she plays Madonna. Cast. She looks a lot like Madonna. She would she would kill it as Madonna. I think she'd be great. Um, so good casting, casting director person. Um, she is in The Wrestler with, you know... Um, is it Mickey Rourke? Yes. Yeah. yeah um, Who does she play in the wrestler? Uh, the daughter, the strange oh. daughter. Okay. Yeah, That's a movie that I've seen once and probably will never have never in any interest in revisiting that. Oh, I love the wrestler. I nowhere near my top five, but I love the wrestler. I think it's an incredible movie. Um, it might be my favorite Aronofsky, but really, that's a. See, yeah, he's, he's a director where it's like, I'm a one-time watch with him. Like, I'm just, I'll see it. And I've seen almost all of his, I think maybe I've seen every one of his movies. Do you like uh, Black Swan? I, I liked it enough, I'll never rewatch it. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I think I saw that in theater. Like, I I liked it. It's good. Natalie Portman's amazing in it, but I'll never rewatch it. Uh, okay. What's the, what's the... No, is it Noah? Didn't he make yeah, the yeah, yeah Noah with Russell Crowe? That yep. might be. I don't. I've seen parts of it. I don't think I've seen that whole movie. It's, it's not. It's not great. Uh, I, I, it's got some crazy ideas in it. It's interesting to me, but it's yeah. I, I wouldn't call he, that. I a mean, everything's movie. religious with him. His movies. Oh I yeah, he's just, very. I mean, The Wrestler yeah. is a Christ parable. It's absolutely. Mickey Rourke's character is is Christ. Uh, Mother, I liked. I liked Mother, and that's obviously religious too, but. Yeah, oh yeah, that's that's the whole Bible. That's that's yeah. it's everything in the Bible. He tries to just smush it together in one movie. No, he's, he's very interested in religion. Um, I don't love all of his stuff. The Fountain is like that was incomprehensible to me. Then I watched it in college. I couldn't tell you what happened in that movie. Well, like, neither could I. I was yeah. like so lost. Like I I don't know what's going on. I like Pi quite a lot. Um, I, actually, I think Pi is probably the one of his I've seen more than once. 
I think I've seen that movie at least at least twice. Uh, yeah, I've seen it twice as well. I mean, I've seen the wrestler at least twice as well. well he's he's got uh, a new new movie out with Brendan Fraser, the, the whale, whale, whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which I am not interested in. It, uh, good for Brendan Fraser. I'm glad he's getting attention. Yeah, and he's apparently a super nice guy, but I don't know. I don't know how, how I think that, but I'm losing losing my train of thought. Sorry. So the no, you're good. The wrestler, um, also in the wrestler, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. Wait, who is she in the? Is she his ex-wife? Nope, she is this stripper that he has feelings for. Oh, Her name's man. Mary. She's a stripper. She's Mary Magdalene, which I know you don't care, but like Mary Magdalene was a prostitute in the Bible. Jesus, Mary Magdalene, they had a relationship. Anyway, she offers. She said she's going to be his girlfriend at the end, and he still kills himself for entertainment to do that one last wrestling match. Anyway, um, yeah, she, that, so that's Marissa Tomei. And she's in a movie called Wild Hogs. Have you seen Wild Hogs? Mm-mm. Neither have so. I. I don't think I'll ever see it unless you pick it for this podcast at some point. It's the biking movie with Tim yeah. Allen. Martin uh, Lawrence but, is in that too, I think. Yeah, and William H. Macy. Um, but Ray Liotta's in that movie. And then Ray Liotta's in Field of Dreams. So that's there you go. There you go. All right. So uh, revealing my number two favorite movie of all time. Sure. Uh, going to give you some some clues here. You'll probably guess it pretty quickly. Uh, okay. So I'll start with number one. Uh, this movie is pro- produced by a famous producer named Albert Reddy. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't help me. I don't know too many producers name. All okay. Right. Uh, Sergio Leone was uh, Paramount's first pick to direct this movie. So it was okay. m- made by Paramount, and Sergio Leone was the first pick, but didn't didn't end up directing it. Right, got it. Um, okay, I don't have it yet. Nope. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich was then approached, but declined because he wasn't interested in the subject matter of the movie. Okay. Uh, I, no, that's uh, no. I don't. No, I don't know. Uh, all right. Number four. Paramount executives wanted the movie to be set in Kansas City and shot on a back lot to cut costs. That was their original desire. They wanted it in Kansas City. Um, give me the last clue. I'm mean, gonna have a guess, but I don't right, last, about that, it. Actually, this last clue it, it will absolutely tell you what movie it is, but I think it's kind of funny. I'll just read it. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola initially turned down the job uh, because at the time his his studio, Americans Zoetrope, owed more than four hundred thousand dollars to Warner Brothers for budget overruns in his film THX one one three eight. Uh, and so then he changed his mind because of his current financial state and decided to direct this movie. So it means the Godfather, the Godfather is correct. Okay. That's my number I, I two. I had no idea they were going to shoot that in Kansas city. Bizarre. Okay. They initially wanted, I know that's crazy, right? That they had wanted to make a New York mafia movie and they told them to film it in Kansas city. Yeah, but yes, that would the, be terrible. Godfather's number two on my all time favorite movie list. And, okay. uh, that's what we're gonna watch. Okay, so we have you're saying we have THX one one three eight to thank for the Godfather. Uh, apparently, yeah. Apparently, to Wikipedia. We need to write a thank you to so much money. Okay, the Godfather number two. All right. I'm really curious what your number one is. My brains. All right. 
I've seen Godfather's not on my list. I've seen it before. I, it's uh, let's just put it mildly. It's not a bad movie. Let's 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 undersell it a little bit. Okay. So, looking forward right. to I well, think yeah. probably my third watch of this movie. Next week we're doing and it's just Godfather one. I we're not I didn't include Godfather two. I personally wouldn't put that in my top five favorite movies. I do like Godfather two a lot, but I think the first one is you know a better movie and i like it more i'll uh, say they're equal to me i love them they're, i think they're both great i might pick one over two but uh, you know I, they're boom it's marlon brando he's not i mean he he makes that movie so well robert nero makes the second one and the contrast between i'm not i'm just, just i'm not as big a de niro guy as you are i think well i, I no, i'm not a big de I, I'm prime De Niro guy. This is prime De Niro. The mid seventies is some Italian. Yeah, you you love prime De Niro more than I, I do. You know, we, we talked raging bull. Like, so, yeah, I, I don't second podcast. love that movie. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, All right, interesting. The Godfather. It's on Paramount plus or whatever. It's available or I'll find it. wherever. Yeah. Sure. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for listening. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh, my boy.